You are listening to episode number eight, School of Spanish Writing with Helmut Oberhauser. Welcome to the podcast that connects horse lovers around the world. This is the Horsepower Podcast with your hosts, Steve Paulson and Jenna Smee. I'm so excited to be recording today all the way from Vienna, Austria, with one of the riders from the School of Spanish Riding. His name is Helmut Oberhauser. I just got done watching the performance today, and yesterday I got the opportunity to watch the morning work as well as a behind-the-scenes tour of the school. And I know that everyone has had a ton of questions about the school, about the horses, and the history of the school. So I'm just going to dive right into things today. Um, But first, I want to get a little bit of a background about who I'm interviewing. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a rider at this school. Yeah, hello Jenna and hello everybody. So I'm in the riding school since 1997. I started there as an elif, so that's a French word for trainee and the career started with an age of 15 yeah and now i'm 37 and i have i spent a couple of years in the riding school and before the school you had no riding experience is that correct yeah just a little bit so i know i knew horses and i was a little bit in the saddle but not that professional like i do it now and then tell us how you were selected for the school how did you get in yeah, one of my teacher uh, brought the idea to me to ask in the riding school, maybe there is a free space for me. And it is very competitive, as everyone knows, I'm sure. Um, and there's only 15 riders total, is that correct? I think we have in total 18 riders 18 at the moment. 18 riders, yeah. okay. Yeah. But you get hundreds of applicants all throughout the year and only just a very few are selected. So um, what is the process once you are selected? Not everyone makes it, correct? Exactly. So we have around 100 each year. Wow. And I think it's 97% are ladies and just a handful are boys mm-hmm. who ask for it. And yeah, if you get selected, then you start in the stable as a elef and you have to stay five years in the stable where you have to muck out you have to clean the horses (laughs) you have to take care of the horses and you grow step by step in the riding group so usually you get one uh, lunch lesson each day and a normal exercise lesson each day and yeah the first years are i think the hardest because we have a very big dropout rate from around 80% of the young riders have to leave after the first years. That's incredible. So they're definitely making you earn your spot there and putting you through difficult work in the beginning. And then they're also teaching you everything you need to know there. So you you came to school without much classical dressage experience and they teach you everything. Um, And one of the things I thought was super interesting is that this is not written down anywhere. You can only learn these things at the school, right? That's correct, yeah. So uh, we are famous that we bring the knowledge from one generation to the another generation just with talking. And we have just a fundament of uh, written things which is called the directive of the riding school. So it's just an idea what dressage should look like in the mm-hmm. riding school. But yeah. And then as you grow with the school or get older, you have the opportunity to make chief rider. And how does, how does one attain that? 
Yeah, um, the last step in the in the riding school is to be a chief rider, and as a chief rider, you have to be a good role model for all the young riders and to uh, to be a big part of the riding school. That's important. Okay, and then also yesterday when I was watching everyone do the morning work, I saw some of the younger riders weren't in the same outfit as the older riders. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference and how you might earn what you were wearing? Yeah, so usually you start as an elite and then you get a gray coat with a usual uh, riding trouser and usual boots and a helmet on. And the next step after a successful test you come you you become a assistant rider and as an assistant rider uh, you get also a young horse and the uniform which means this is our tail coat what we have and uh, and our hat what we use and the boots with the knee protection so it looks a little bit different than the usual ones and then after this step you uh, if you trained a horse then you become a full rider and this is the one of the big goals one of the big steps to become a rider and after centuries of a professional rider in the riding school and successful rider then you may become to a chief rider but that's a, also a sign that you're quite old mm -hmm, true <laughs> <laughs> and your chief rider has been with the school probably how many years would you say more than 30 or um yeah to become a chief rider I think at least 35 years you have to stay in the school okay yeah, yeah that's incredible that's a long long, that's time. a long time so this this decision to go with the school is a life decision it isn't something that you just take lightheartedly and I Absolutely. know that a lot of applicants have dreamed of going to the school since they were very young um, but I want to talk about the school a little bit so this is the oldest riding school and um, one of the most beautiful in the world still to this day it was built in the 1700s yes that's right yeah the, the riding school itself is now uh, 454 years old that's so incredible the, the first written thing is 454 years old and the riding school itself so the 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 riding hall where we are training or where the performances are it's built 1729 to 35 and it's the most beautiful riding hall in the world <laughs> absolutely <laughs> when i walked in yesterday i was just blown away it's just so beautiful and uh, the walls are all white there's marble there's gold there's chandeliers it is just so elegant and then the horses walk in so the lipizzan stallions are some of the most beautiful creatures that i've literally ever seen and that is a breed that's unique to this school that's all that comes in there um, and just tell us a little bit about the lipizzan horse so that was one of europe's most oldest the oldest breed in europe um, they're all bred here correct correctly yeah Absolutely. So they are all breeded in Styria. Mm -hmm. Styria um, Piber, it's the, the right name of the stuff. And it's built 1920, so it's not that old. And the centuries before, they were all born and breeded in Lipica. That's now in Slovenia, so mm -hmm. after the World War, they changed a little bit. The things changed a little bit, the borders changed. So that's the reason why they are now in Styria. And in Styria we have 250 horses, um, usually mares, mm -hmm. and each year 50 foals which uh, come to life. 
And for the most part, there's only six lines of stallions that are creating the next generation, right? Exactly. So that's not many compared to most breeds where in my world, AQHA, there's thousands, but yeah. that's so unique to this breed that there's only six. Um, but the stallions that you have today, so they're chosen at a young age to come to the school. And I don't know if listeners know this or not, but they are black when they're born. And then they turn white over how many years, would you say? How long does that uh, it take? It depends. So it's usually um, they start with an age of two to three years that they're getting more and more gray. And I would say 15, that's the ultimate age when all of them are really white. And mm-hmm. we have one of our uh, lucky charms they stay bay. So the white color is just breeded out and mm-hmm. one of 100 young horses stays dark, stays bay, stays brown. Wow. And these are our lucky charms. At the moment we have three of them in the riding school, so we have a lot of luck, hopefully. And they perform along with the white horses, so they, they are considered rare and special versus something that's like an outcast, like a black sheep, yeah. would you say? So they go along with everyone else, correct? Absolutely. So the only part in the performance where we don't have the, the dark horses, it's the school quadrille because we want to show a big group of white horses mm-hmm. and not just, uh, and not, um, yeah, without a, a, an eye catcher. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So once the horses are selected um, to come to the school, then they come there at about three to four years old and begin training? Exactly. So we start with an age of three and a half or four years. And we start very slow with the education, so it's really step by step what we are very proud of. So we have the time, we have the possibility to give them the time to develop their muscles that, yeah, we don't hesitate with the education of the young horses. And then they will spend pretty much their lifetime at the school being trained, um, but they're not considered fully trained until how old would would you say the average horse is? Um, the education of a young horse took between three to five years, then they're usually all in the performance. Mm-hmm. And if they are in the performance, we are very proud that they can stay a long, long time in the performance. So it's, we have horses in the performance who are 24 or 25 years, so very, very old for this, um, yeah, for that level on this on, on the what, what are they performing on mm-hmm. and the oldest one uh, died two months ago sadly and it was Conversano Nima and he died with an age of 40. That is incredible that he was so old that's almost unheard of <laughs> um, but that just isn't a testament to how well you take care of them and just the attention to detail as far as veterinary care, health standards, just these horses are immaculate from their stalls to their training. Um, it's just the picture of perfection. So once the horse is trained, then they begin their journey as a show horse and get to be part of the performances. And I got to see a little bit of that today, which was absolutely incredible. So this is a classical dressage performance um, and the maneuvers can be anywhere from very basic to lead changes all the way up to some of the incredible airs above the ground. Um, will you just tell us a little bit about what it's like to get to do this as a job? So this is something that you know is, is a spectacular performance. I just get to see it once but this is what you do every day. How, like, how does that make you feel? Yeah of course we are very proud of our things what we are doing and 
every single day in the riding school is very special for everybody because your horse are have a different mood yourself you have a different mood so your muscles are a little bit tired from yesterday mm -hmm. it's the same with the horses so it's each day has the uh, it's uh, it's uh, a special day and you have to listen to your body and you have to listen to your friend to the horse and then it's possible to make those this kind of good performances mm -hmm. and those advanced um, maneuvers that are in the high school um, what is it like to teach a horse to accomplish those how do you choose them and I know not every horse is even capable of it yeah. but talk a little bit about the difficulty involved in that yeah, so usually after a year, after our, we say, remonten year, that's the, that's the, uh, the ground education of the horses, the horses getting their owner in the riding school. And then you, ha you saw a little bit about the horse, what is possible, possible with that horse. You observe the horses during the performance in the Young Stallions, and then you can see, okay, this horse is a little bit more a jumper, or mm -hmm. this horse is more for the steps on the ground. Um, yeah, and step by step, you the horse shows what it wants to do usually, and you as a good rider, you should see, ah, okay, I will help this horse going more in that direction or going more in that direction. And as far as the horses go, they aren't shuffled between riders. You have your own horse and he always works with you, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so how many horses do you have? Uh, so every rider is responsible for between five to eight horses. Okay, and um, I was touring the tack room with you earlier today and I thought that it was so interesting and so unique that each horse has its very own bridle, its very own saddle, and that won't be shared throughout its lifetime with any other horses. So in my world, I have one saddle and I put it, I'm telling you, on just about everything. <laughs> but um, from everything, from the stalls to the tack room, everything is so fancy and so immaculate and unique. And that's just kind of the culture is just that it's very fancy. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're showing these horses, um, showing their movements as basically a perfection. This is what this classical dressage is supposed to look like, and this yeah. is perfection of horsemanship. Yeah, the goal is always perfection, but it's not achievable mm -hmm. to get it perfect. Not but every we time. want to we want to work on it, and we want it better and make it better and better. We want to make the the dialogue between horse and rider better and better. That it's. Yeah, that makes that's the art of that what we are doing to to give silent aids that the horses know what we are doing without any uh, clear aid what the people see around. So we want to give this invisible aids mm -hmm. and the horses work for us so and we work for the horses. So it's a it's a very good uh, relationship between every rider and each mm -hmm. horse. Yeah. And I can see that each horse is just a little bit different. And even in, in the performance today, especially the first group that came out, they said that that was a little bit younger of a group. And so they were a little more fresh. The audience applauded and they wanted to get a little squirrely. Um, but of course, having as many performances as you've probably seen, certainly things go wrong. Um, how do you deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. So not a lot of uh, performance have been not perfect and you have to deal with those kinds of moments and it's important that you never lose your professionality so it's 
you have to keep going. You have the to smile, and the show on. must go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and any time dealing with animals, they're somewhat unpredictable, which is just amazing that you're able to show them every day. You know, doing these incredible tricks, but you don't do the same show on the same horse every single day. So you rotate a little bit. Yeah, correct? absolutely. We rotate, so we have three performances each week, and we rotate so that not a horse has to go more than two times a week in the performance okay yeah. and you said there's um how many horses here about 70 at the school exactly and uh in the riding school we have 70 horses and at the moment yeah okay and they are all stallions and they are all stallions yeah and if you have if you bring some new horses in the riding school then or mares then it can get very chaos. loud <laughs> and it's a little bit of chaotic <laughs> if the new ones are arrival so especially if the young ones coming from Peeber, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, we have just stallions. They are very well behaved, but sometimes you see and then you know that they are all stallions. Right. Yeah, they all have a very good temperament and get along very well from what I've seen. And for the most part, in my world, people don't really ride studs that often. It's very rare. Um, but here, everything is a stallion and they're just behaved so well and so you know, docile, tempered. Um, not what I would expect to see, you know, 70 studs standing stall by stall, but have you ever had any incidents where horses want to fight each other or bite each other or kick each other, things like that, things you might expect yeah, from studs? Definitely. So also it happens with our horses and it's also, yeah, but I mean, we have a group of professional riders, we have a group of professional grooms and they see problems before Mm -hmm. they happen so we can avoid a lot of uh, fights between yeah. horses I mean that's never happened but some of sometimes of course they bite each other maybe but that's stallions and that's 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 normal yeah so but we have no big injur um, injuries from mm -hmm. them and uh, we were talking to one of the grooms earlier and he said he was here with the riding school for like 30 years yeah. um, how do you get to become a groom or um, something like that just to be involved and be around it. I think that would be interesting too. Yeah, to be a groom you have to uh, Know that you love horses you have to you you must deal nicely with horses uh, It's a little bit of a stressful job especially in the morning because you have to clean the horses You have to muck out you have mm -hmm. to bring the horses to the rider. So sometimes a little bit stressful uh, but it's I think it's a it's a great job to be a groom in the riding school yeah. It would be fun to be around it in any way for sure Maybe um, for the next year you can ask for it <laughs> right? for just a month That's to kind see of what I was works. thinking honestly yeah. It would be amazing just to, to watch and observe and to learn from all of you um, But one thing that I, I did see was that each rider doesn't tack and untack their horse or clean the stalls just because your value is in the arena on their backs and working with them so that probably makes things a little bit easier for you having Absolutely. someone to take Absolutely. care of them yeah. um, and the stalls I'm not kidding you are so clean I don't know that I've ever seen such clean white horses so <laughs> very very impressive um, but let's see so other than the grooms what are some other positions that you could have around here are there other jobs yeah of course we have a uh, we have a big office where we need always people. We have good guiding tours in the arena or in the riding school where uh, it's possible to, uh, yeah. Just be around. Just be around. Show the tourists around mm -hmm. and uh, answer some questions from the tourists. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of big, uh, uh, great jobs in the riding school. Yeah, definitely. 
What about owning a Lipizzan stallion? Is there such a chance that I might be able to buy a Lipizzan? Yes, of course. Uh, in Pieper, we have to sell. Uh, we we are able to sell some of our stallions. Okay. And yeah. What about mares? Because most of the stallions come here to the school, exactly. but you'd think the mares would be a little bit easier to get a hold of. Yeah, the the most of the stallions are coming to Vienna, and each year we have a handful of mares to sell. And the Lipizzan is a very good family horse, mm -hmm. so they have a very nice character. They are not too tall they are not too small so they have a good size and they are clever and smart so i really recommend horses uh lipizzans from from peter yeah and their personality is fairly docile isn't it or they're easy to get along with and friendly on the ground definitely yeah, yeah they're yeah. so cute in the stalls they're very curious and want to play and honestly see if you have any sugar cubes i'm sure um and one thing i thought was so cute is that i saw some of the riders reach into their the tail of their coat and pull out a treat. Is that a sugar yeah, cube? Yeah, that's a sugar. Or, oh, okay. That's sugar. Yeah, that's so a... you reward them with sugar cubes in training and then also just around the barn. Definitely. Yeah, we ask. Uh, we work a lot with uh, sugar cubes, so we give them the positive. Uh, what is it called in English? So we um, give them the positive, like a reinforcement. Or, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and and then they are willing to do everything for mm -hmm. us, and that's that's really great. Okay, very, very cool. Um, so let's see, what are, who are some of your influences or people that you look up to or role models as far as dressage riding goes? Yeah, I think um, every rider in the riding school has their role model. What, uh, so one of mine is Mr. Cotters. I learned a lot from him and he was a good mentor for me during the time when he was in the riding school. And I'm, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, very cool. I've certainly learned so much today and I just like thank you for giving me this time because I know it is so valuable. And like you said, you're at the school six days a week, so there's not a lot of time for extras. Um, but I just wanted to thank you. And if you had anything to close with, I think that's all the questions that I had written down. Yeah, Jenna, it was a pleasure for me to show you around and that you've been a part uh, of the writing school for the day. And um, yeah. I wish everybody nice time with their horses and treat them well and yeah, enjoy the time with them. Absolutely. And I was telling you, which I want to invite you again, but please to come to Texas. And if you ever make it that way, we'll definitely get you to a rodeo. And I promise I will get you on a barrel horse. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will put all of his info where you can follow and find more about him in the show notes. Um, and it, of course, as always, if you have any follow-up questions, be for sure to reach out to me. Um, thank you so much for listening and tune in next time to the Horsepower Podcast.